In each episode of the Rebel Educator podcast, you'll hear discussions with world-class educators, students, and thought leaders in education as I extract the tactics, tools, and routines that you can use as teachers and parents. I'm Tanya Sheckley, founder of Up Academy and host of Rebel Educator. I invite you to join me for these conversations as I discover how to shift the classroom, the learning environment, the mindset, and the pedagogy to resist tradition, reignite wonder, and reimagine the future of education. Subscribe to Rebel Educator wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, that's cool. On today's show, the guys ask the question, how much is too much? When it comes to prepping the classroom for projects, we've got the East Initiative update and more. That's up next on EduTech Guys. EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on this site this program for those who participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to EduTech Guys Radio. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm your host, David Henderson. Hey, and I'm Jeff Madlock. Awesome. Welcome to the show. Yeah, today we're going to talk about how much is too much preparation Um Specifically, we're talking about classroom projects, but maker spaces. I, th- I think we're going to end up delving into some other areas. We're going to well. find a way to tick somebody off. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much the primary goal. I think so. <laughs> also, new today, uh, actually, uh, the second run today, the East Initiative yeah. Update, uh, special announcement for the 27th. Awesome. Uh, we'll be listening to it. And I ca- we're kind of replacing our, our, our artist of the week for now with the East Initiative update of the week. So that's cool. That's pretty cool. Hey, don't forget, you can check us out on the web at www.edutechguys.com. You can also find us at Twitter, Facebook. Heck, just go out to Google. I say this every week. <laughs> Type in the Edutech Guys and doggone if uh, Smiley and Happy don't show up there on your Google search page. <laughs> I am your father. <laughs> what does that have to do with Smiley and Happy? Oh, sorry. No. I- Got off track. Weird you are. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> uh, I threw that in there. But no, really, check us out on social media. Lots of stuff out there. You can also find us at SoundCloud.com. SoundCloud.com, providing the EduTech guys for eight months. So you can check us out there and uh, SoundCloud.com slash EduTech guys. Good times. Lots of stuff coming up on the show today. Um, we won't keep you too long, um, but we will make you happy because this is some EdTech goodness right here, people. That's right. We're either going to make you happy or... Tick, tick you, you off. off. <laughs> I mean, that's really, that's ultimately. Our primary goal is to, to tick you off. Well, you know, making you happy is secondary. Secondary. So the, the whole the whole premise, how much is too much prep, actually came uh, sort of, it came on the heels of a question that I put out to uh, Twitter and Facebook, um, well, yesterday in terms of the day we're recording this. Uh, and I just, I, I, I put this out there and said essentially that, if you are providing your students with prefab kits, everything's in the kit and you throw it down on the table and say, there you go, kids, put it together. Um, that's not a makerspace. That's an assembly line. It's an assembly line. I mean, that's and that. so that was the premise that I put out there. That was the charge, the challenge, the whatever. Right. The goal was to open up discussion about what is a makerspace? How much is too much in terms of prepping your students for a particular project. You know, I think that's a, that's a great question because beforehand, David and I were talking about this, and, and you know, and uh, a, a friend uh, had stated that you know when you're dealing with elementary age kids, 
then you need to actually prep that because it might be a little bit too much for them. But but think what's lost in the sauce. Um, you know, when you were a child and you were at your grandmother's house or your mom and they were making, you're making your first batch of homemade cookies. Did they just go, well, listen, I've already made the dough and you're just going to pour in the chocolate chips and we're going to roll them in a ball, put them in the oven. Well, no, you, you know, you put on your apron, uh, you got your, your tools together, you sprayed the pan on the, the cookie sheet or whatever you did, and then you cracked the eggs and you put in the flour and, you know. Right. You know, then you put all the stuff together and you put it in the oven and you watched it. So you actually did the whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, how do I know that? Because that's what I did. Right. And right. so, it, you know, the whole I idea of getting to that point, I think that's where we are in the, the world is that, we need people to build the stuff that you build robots from. Yeah. And yeah. we need the people that go, I'm out of cardboard. How do I make more cardboard? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, so I mean, if we start taking out certain processes and we go, well, we've already done this process for you. You have everything you need here, you know, and, and just throwing out. So solar flare hits the planet, knocks out everything. And we're back to square one. And the kids go, OK, hey, where's. Where's my 3D printed parts right. and where's my, I, I need my refrigerator boxes so I can build this stuff with it. It, it doesn't really work that way. True. And, and, and I do understand that that's sort of an extreme, I mean. Oh, sure. Uh, I, I'm, you know me, I, it's not like I'm extreme or anything. But. <laughs> well, and, and we're not saying that as part of, you know, a, a lesson that you've got to, you know, start with teaching your kids how to make paper before they can make cardboard. For, you know, not, you know, that's not necessarily where we're going, but. Oh, we're not? <laughs> but well, but by the same token, those are some of the things that, not necessarily for a particular project or or whatever, but you know, at some point somebody's got to know how to make that kind of stuff. I mean, actually make the stuff. Exactly you right. Know, and, and that's one of my things is just, you know, if 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 I'm delivered and and I'm going to use this example similar to your cookie dough uh, to to making cookies, if if I need to build. I don't know. Let's say I need to build a shed to solve a problem. I'm going to build a tiny house, as a matter of fact. Let's 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 say a tiny house because I, li I like those tiny houses <laughs> because it's going to solve uh, in my in for me in my community. I see we've got homeless folks um, and we don't necessarily have a shelter or the shelters overrun and and there's a whole lot uh, like a physical lot here um, where there's open space and we could put we could build some tiny houses. What's that going to entail? And I can either uh, Go, for the sake of argument, go online, find some plans, get the list of materials that I need, go buy those materials or have them donated or whatever. All the materials show up. I have my prescribed list of how it's done, and I put it all together, and I build the house. That's great, and there's nothing wrong with that, but did I make did I make that, or did I assemble that? Put it together, that? assemble it, right. right? And so that, that's kind of where I was going with that. There are some really, really cool tools and and that's not to discount uh, or, or or you know disregard things that teach whatever they're teaching, whether it's coding or or uh, the structure of programming and, and that kind of stuff. That's absolutely key to where things are going, no doubt about it. Um, but I think some of what happens gets lost in terms of um, look. I'm just gonna throw this out there right now there is uh, there's a, a company and I can't remember exactly who makes it although I have a pretty good idea and they've got they've got an, a Star Wars R2D2 and the idea is we have here's here's your box of parts and you can make your own R2D2 
Well, you're not really making your own R2-D2. They have all the instructions, and when it's done, everybody's R2-D2, at least the outside, looks exactly like R2-D2, which I get part of that. It's supposed to be R2-D2. And I'm not knocking them, and I'm not knocking R2-D2, and I'm not... My my concern is that for the instructors that simply take those pieces and parts and lay them in front of the students and say, hey, go make an R2-D2, follow this set of instructions. What good is that? What right. have you done? You've, you've created child labor. Right. right. I mean, really. But, you know, in defense, though, a lot of makerspaces, what they do is they, they use Google SketchUp and they design a part in Google SketchUp and move that to the 3D printer or the the, 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 laser, the laser cutter or whatever they have to use to get that done. So we're, we're not being super negative. We're just saying that if that's all you do every time in a classroom, then you're really not helping yourself or the students out at all. Right. And, and we, we both can say we have seen that with our own eyes, that that's the curriculum because, oh, well, we've got a makerspace or we've got an East Lab or we've got this part, and then... Everything is about you know doing that one thing, and we've, we're just assembling a lot of stuff, putting it together. So it's it's to me that's it's it's a very definite that can happen that way. Yeah, and exactly. and I know we'll probably catch some flack that you guys don't know what you're talking about and all this kind of good stuff. But you know, there's a lot to be said for dumping out a giant box of Legos and go great. Let's you build a robot with these Legos. Well, what's it supposed to look like? Whatever you want it to look like. You know, it's one of those things. It's like, hey, knock this thing out. Right, exactly, and and one of the things, and, and I'm trying real hard to find to find uh, the the student that I was watching earlier, and and I cannot for the life of me, and I, I hate feeling that unprepared, but um, there is a a, a, a young woman who uh, her dad um, she expressed an interest in um, coding, programming, that type of thing when she was six years old, six years old. She, um, actually, uh, if you uh, look up, um, uh, oh my gosh, now I can't think of what, she created an app, uh, she's now like 13, 14, um, but she created an app for Alzheimer's patients, um, and uh, back then, she was, uh, when she was six years old, her father introduced her to Scratch, and he told her um to play around and figure it out. He gave her no instructions. He didn't even give her any project ideas, didn't give uh, anything. And um, so and who we're talking about is um, Emma uh, Emma Yang. Yep. Okay. Thank you so much. Emma for, Yang. <laughs> thanks for being the, uh, the, the, the producer. Research guy. The research guy. Research. So, yeah. so Emma Yang, when she was six, was introduced to scratch. So six, Okay, so the argument about um, K2 being too young to handle some of this, yes, they're too young to handle some things, but we're talking about a six-year-old girl who went into Scratch and played around in Scratch and learned Scratch to the effect that she was coming up with, uh, in her in her brain, she was connecting things that were completely unrelated. So she wanted to know how to connect facial recognition with artificial intelligence uh, and and connect uh, these these desperate disparate how do you say that word disparate you know, disparate pieces and parts in order to create uh, a particular app and the really cool thing is like she already had an app when she was I don't know seven or eight so you know after a year or two she already created uh, one particular app and that now her main focus is taking her app which I, I can't remember the name it should be 
Um, is it uh, something alive? Time, time, timeless, timeline, time. It's something time. I'll find Sorry. it. Sorry, timeless. Yeah. So she has an app now called Timeless that connects family members with Alzheimer's, with their, their family Alzheimer's patients in ways that help the Alzheimer patient recognize those people, keep up with appointments. I mean, it's yeah. amazing. That's She's cool. currently 13 years old or 14, somewhere right. in there, started when she was six. There was no list of things. Right, but there's the interesting know, thing that she had. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take the other side of this and stand yeah. up for our friends or tell us that we don't know what we're talking about. Um, that that's the interesting thing. So everything has to have a problem to solve. Absolutely. And the intrinsic the intrinsic need to finish a problem is something that happens to only a few people usually it, to that level. You know, hers was very intrinsic, and it was the I need to get this taken care of because of a family member or something along that line. And in defense of our friends, the other part of it is is that I think it is good, you're right, and you said it earlier, to go ahead and have some of the stuff built for them so that they can get used to see the simplicity of actually building something for them. So they kind of understand that this part of the process, okay, when I get to this process, this is how it's going to be, and then maybe that generates the questions that come first. Okay, I took these things and I put them together and I made an R2-D2 leg. But how do I make the leg out of styrofoam or how do I cast the leg myself and make it blue or how do I increase the size of the leg or, you know, what if I want to make a leg that looks completely different than that? You know, so it, maybe it just helps to generate and maybe that those younger kids need that boost as a whole to get the old synapses firing, synapses firing and, and, and get to going, you know, in that direction to get to the answer of their problem. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I mean, you are definitely on the right track. And she also had the benefit of a couple of other things that I think is um, kind of where this discussion easily lends itself. And that is, one, um, she had a home life that strongly encouraged uh, openness and creativity uh-huh. and, 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 and a... a uh, a longing for learning. Mm-hmm. That, that's one of the things that her parents said. You know, even even in, I was reading through a, a, an interview uh, where her parents said, you know, uh, this is all well and good, but we're not forcing her, and we're not even letting her uh, take computer only classes. She's going to go to you know somewhere where she can get that that kind of, and we use that expression, you know, well-rounded, but mm-hmm. that that kind of background where uh, they have to understand how to read how to write, because if you can't read, you can't write, really the rest of it is not going to get you very far in life. You know, you can be the biggest problem solver in the world, but if you can't communicate that, you're hosed. Uh, in fact, um, she is has also taken courses in public speaking um, and has actually done a, a TED Talk as a result of her classes from the public speaking side. So that was part of, that. that's part of it. You know, definitely having that, that kind of nurturing uh learning environment at home, but then also they specifically sought out a school that was open to the idea that this student is not going to fit the mold. Yeah. And that this this particular student needs those base courses, that those base ideals, but that also she needs to be able to reach out. She's one of these, you know, and again, part of this could be just her intrinsic nature, and, and not everybody has this, but she has reached out to people that, you know, we never would think twice about calling up and going, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, um, do you know anything about this? And they go, um, well, no, 
but mm-hmm. you know maybe I can connect you with this, or you know maybe uh, you know we correspond, and eventually you know that is something that we can develop together, or we figure out together, and I, and I think that's a big part of any of of this. Um, what what do you call it? Makerspace, project learning, that kind of stuff. Real world problems that the students themselves see in their own lives that there is no raw material. Mm-hmm. How am I going to solve this problem? Okay, well, I could I could do this with coding. I could do this with cardboard. I could do this with whatever those raw materials are. Well, if and I'm I'm bringing this all the way back around to the top of the you know top of the show discussion. How much is too much prep? If if that's the environment you want in your class and, and you're listening to this now and going, oh, I would love to have those kind of students in my class who, who, who are that wide open and, and can think you know, for themselves, but not just think for themselves, but come up with these crazy cool ideas, mm-hmm. problems that they want to solve that may not even be solvable. And, and you're in that type of environment and yet you're turning around and giving your students these prescribed kits and saying, okay, take your idea, but you can only work inside this box. Right. No, it's too much. You, you, there's got to be an openness and, and a willingness from the educator side to say, yeah, I have no idea what these kids are getting into, but I know that they're trying to solve this particular problem. You know, or just take the instructions and don't show them a picture of what they have to make. <laughs> hey, there's that too. That's interesting. I mean, th- you know, you, and, I, and I, you have, I've been in that situation before. Yeah, I'm a jazz musician. We improvise all the time. But not to that sense. Think about getting a box of parts. It makes something, but you have no picture and you have no instructions. That's, that's, a, that's a really, you know, that's almost a, 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 a tear it down, you know, build it backwards kind of thing. Kind of interesting. Well, and, and that in itself would actually <coughs> make for a really cool project. I yeah. mean, it really would. Here is this box of parts, and we know what it's supposed to make. We know it's supposed to make an R2-D2 when it's all said and done. The students don't have a clue. They have a box of parts. You put this together, excuse me, you put this together however you want, whatever you think, however you think this goes together, and at the end, we see what you come up with. And so it's a three-dimensional it, puzzle. Is and, it is. You know, and is it functional? Yeah. I'm not even saying that they, at the end of the day, have to make it look like the picture on the box. Right. I'm saying that if they're able to assemble all these pieces and parts and they actually make something absolutely new and different and unique that I'm sure the people who made the R2-D2 kit, and we're just picking on that today <laughs> on for R2. whatever reason. Um, but, you know, and those folks go, oh, my gosh, we never even thought that that's what this could have been. Uh, to me, that is that's the goal. And then, of course, I know you have the whole issue of it's got to tie into the standards you've got to teach. It's got to tie into the subject materials you've got to teach. But all of that is part of that. That's part of the preparation that does need to be prescribed. I mean, you know, you've got certain things that are required of you as an educator. So you've got to do those things. So, yeah, that ties into how some of that works. I, I actually think that and, and, and I don't know this, so th- I'm opening this up to anyone who's, who's listening, um, who is you know, an educator, who's listening to us, and you may be shaking your fist, you may be you know, raising the roof, whatever, whatever. But is it possible, can, can you have a lesson that is organic and it comes about, and here are, here's what happens. You have all these students, and, and these are the things that, ha- that come about. And then after the fact, say, oh, yeah, by the way, I can tie these back to these standards. Yeah. Not yeah. ahead of time, 
But after, after the, the fact, fact, go, oh, yeah, by the way, we checked off this, 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 and this. That's cool. I didn't know we were going to check those yeah. off. It was a surprise to me. Right, right, exactly. So I don't know. Is that a thing? I'm asking I'm asking our listeners, our viewers, is that a thing that can happen in yeah. your school? And if not, is it something that could happen if approached to the powers that be? I mean, I don't know. I would think that would be a definite thing that could happen I would love to be that, you know, I would love for that to be a thing to, that could happen. So I don't know. I'm So I'm, I'm at legitimately seriously asking, is that something that could David happen? throws the gauntlet here on the EduTech Guys. <laughs> Hit us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Guys. Let us know. That's the best way to find out. There you go. Let's have a conversation. I agree. Um, really cool stuff today. I mean, that's yeah. that's we could probably talk an hour on that easy. And uh, we actually know some folks who would be fun to bring in as a guest yes, to, yes. to argue with us and to uh, to push our brains a little farther on this subject. Yeah. If you have something to share with us, please let us know about it. Uh, like I said, get us on Twitter, twitter.com slash guys. Or you can find us on Facebook. You can find us out there. Or email Jeff or David at edutechguys.com. Well, it's time for a new um, section of the old uh, goods. Oh, did you want to say something? <laughs> no, I'm... I'm uh, you also forgive me if you're watching this uh, on the, on our YouTube thing. I'm still learning how the camera thing works, so there's a <laughs> lot of jump cuts moving to our places. cameras. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, that's another thing. If you're just listening to us, always check us at YouTube.com/slash/edutechguys. Yeah. Um, our shows are on there. You can watch us in uh, glorious color HD, um, beautiful people. And um, <laughs> okay, now you're pushing. It. I'm pushing it now. Hey, this is a new section today. Yeah. We, we don't have a song yet, but we're going to get with Matt Dozier and get him to sing a song for this one. Uh, but this is uh, something we've talked with Matt about, and uh, we're going to bring it out today. Um, we actually have another one we have in the can that we were going to run last week, but uh, with uh, some technical difficulties, we did not do a show last week. Uh, so we'll put this one. Out. We'll put this one out soon. Um, but this one yeah. um, is uh, actually date specific. So this is the East An- East Initiative update. We'll be right back from the Edge of Tech guys. Hello, everyone. I'm Spencer Watson with East Initiative. Welcome to the East Update. This week, we'd like you to encounter East, and by that, we don't just mean we'd like you to meet us, though we surely would. We mean we'd like you to come say hello to our staff and to a handful of students from around the state and hear our story. There's a chance to do that Thursday, September 28th from 4.30 to 7 p.m. here at the East Initiative headquarters at 6215 Ranch Drive in West Little Rock. If you're in the neighborhood, drop by. Encounter East is what we call our annual open house, and just like the schools we work with, it's a chance at the beginning of the year to come in and see what we're all about. We welcome students enrolled in East and their parents, as well as facilitators and administrators. Indeed, anyone and everyone is invited, and there's a good reason for that. Here's James Hopper, Development Coordinator for the East Initiative. What's really neat about this event is that it's an opportunity for civic groups or nonprofits to meet students who want to help them. Maybe the group needs a new website or a promotional video, and our students have been doing that for years. Of course, maybe they need something even more complicated, you know, building a database or using geospatial technology to prove that your organization is having an impact and to help visualize data and just help the nonprofit connect with the people who support them. There's thousands of opportunities out there, and this is a great place to find the connections to make that happen. In a nutshell, that's what the East Classroom is for, making community connections. But the East Initiative, the nonprofit organization that establishes and supports those classrooms, does a lot of different things. 
from offering training to students to providing professional development for educators, and not just East educators. Education Unleashed, a program of the East Initiative, offers PD for any teacher of any subject at any grade level. East's Amy Bell oversees this program. For 20 years, the East Initiative has been offering high quality PD and training to teachers who become East facilitators. And for most of that time, we've had non-East teachers asking to, us to attend. Because so much of it is specific to the unique environment of East, historically we limited participation to only East facilitators. So what Education Unleashed does is to package all that good stuff that's universally applicable, like integrating technology into different curricula, getting the most out of Google Classroom, soft skill stuff like preparation and presentation, and we work that into hands-on training that any teacher can use. You'll be hearing more about Education Unleashed in the future, but for the time being, feel free to check out www.eastinitiative.org slash educationunleashed, or hey, why not come see us and find out more at Encounter East. Remember, it's Thursday, September 28th from 4.30 to 7 p.m. at 6215 Ranch Drive in Little Rock. Yes, it's a weeknight, but don't worry about making dinner. We'll have food trucks on site, and there's a chance to see some really cool stuff like 3D printing and virtual reality up close and personal. And speaking of virtual reality, who wouldn't like to have an Oculus Rift VR headset? Well, come to Encounter East and you could have a chance to win one. We're having a raffle on site, and one lucky winner will walk away with a whole host of new worlds to explore. See, East is about connecting people, and that's really the purpose of this event. So, if you'd like to know more about what we do, or if you're just interested in meeting some really incredible young people who are making a difference in the world, and could be making a difference in your world, come see us. We'd love to connect with you. While it's not required, if you're planning to attend Encounter East, you can easily RSVP through bit.ly at bit.ly slash ee17 RSVP. That's bit.ly bit.ly slash ee17 RSVP. If you are interested in knowing more about the EAST initiative, from information on student projects to the professional development services we offer to educators of all kinds, please visit www.eastinitiative.org or just search for EAST initiative on social media. If you are interested in finding out how to get an EAST classroom for a school near you, please contact eastinfo at eaststaff.org. That's E-A-S-T-I-N-F-O at E-A-S-T-S-T-A-F-F. Org. Special thanks to James Hopper and Amy Bell of the East Initiative. The music you've been listening to is called Jeremiah by Jeremiah Mercier of Dover High School. Again, I'm Spencer Watson, and that's the East Update. Hey, we want to thank the East Initiative and Spencer and all the gang for bringing us that information. Uh, you'll start to hear that every week here on the podcast. We're really glad to help them out and spread the word because you talk about a wonderful program. That's a wonderful program. Yeah, they're very cool. And they've got everything you need across the board. They can help you out tremendously. Yeah. Check them out tomorrow. That's September 28th. They're going to have a, a great, great time. Wish I could make it, but I cannot make it up there. Yeah, that might help if you were turned <laughs> up a little bit. I turned up. I was like, I can't hear myself. So now, you know, actually, guess what time it is? I don't know. Do you know what time it is, David? Is it time for the Google Tip of the Week? <laughs> Google Tip of the Week. Listen, you've got to jump out there and you've got to try add-ons. 
um, there are so many wonderful add-ons in the Chrome store for Google. Every walk of life, everything you can think of. One that I've been working with lately actually allows me inside a Google spreadsheet to create a rule that takes any attachment on an email and put it into a, any directory I choose inside my Google Drive. And so wow. what else is cool about it is the same one will actually save an email without the attachment as a PDF in any drive you specify. So let's say you had an Apple iTunes receipt that comes in and you go everything from Apple and, and it's beautiful. You can choose labels that you already have. You can choose from or who or to or all that kind of great stuff. Uh, a time of day that it might come in and it will take that email, turn it into a PDF and drop it into any folder inside your Google Drive. Now, it will do the same thing with attachments. So um, you ask yourself, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, that's actually pretty cool. Um, if you wanna get old school with it and you tell your kids, hey, you've got between one o'clock and four with the subject line this to turn in blah, blah, blah for extra points, and you don't want to use Google Classroom or something along that line to handle it, you could do it with that, then you open up the folder and guess what's in there. Now, if you put it a time limit, so you say, wow, this can, you, can sit, you can turn it in between 3.30 and 4.30 today. And so after 4.30, any emails that come in, well, they're not going to go there, and you're going to get just that time limit. But um, where else it comes in really handy is for in the tech field, in, the, in, so in what we do is um, I have a lot of reports emailed to me that I need to then upload to maybe a secure FTP site or something. Right. So what's great is on a Windows machine or a Mac, you can create, you can get Google Sync. And so that becomes an actual physical folder on your machine, which then means it has a physical address on your machine. So something's emailed to you. Uh, the Google script then takes that file, drops it into the Google folder, which is then synced to your your Windows machine. It goes to a, Google, a, a specific place, and then the script for WinSFTP then just goes, oh, I am look here at 4 o'clock, and I take the file here, and I upload it to here. So you're, it's actually kind of the uh, poor man's you know, automated scripting. Well, so, okay, so, so I, and I'm, I'm thinking in terms of some of the stuff that you and I have talked about. So if, I, if I'm understanding this correctly, uh, if you create, uh, if you create notifications, right, uh, or, or, or scripts in the, in the background uh, that attach to, say, your uh, student management system, mm -hmm. that when it runs a particular report uh, inside the student management system, it runs a particular report, and that report is then emailed to you. So then you take the add-on that you're talking about, you get the email, it sees, oh, hey, there's this attachment. You've set up the rule that says, when I get an email with this attachment, put it over here. So now you've got a folder of all of those uh, reports that were run, or it, it may be the case of, let's say, out of your student management system, you're, you're having to uh, generate multiple CSVs in order for those to be SFTP right. up to various right. vendors and what have right. you. Um, then, so that's basically, like you said, so you're able to automate that process. That's exactly right. That's freaking awesome. And with an FTP program like Transport or even WinSFTP that a lot of us use, um, you can tell it after the fact that after you run this script, then delete the originating file so that you don't have an overwrite that says, you know, dash one or dash two or right. anything like that. So it uploads the file and then the, the folder is empty again. And so the next day when it emails, it fills itself with a new folder 
And there's the next thing. You never have any data just sitting out there. It's well, it's FTP, and then it's gone. Right. Well, and that's exactly where I was going to go next was with that particular feature, you don't have to worry about these files with sensitive student data just hanging out there waiting to be discovered. Right. They're gone. So they're, they've been deleted. That's freaking awesome. That really is Pretty very, cool. Very I thought cool. that might be a good Google wow. tip of the week. Uh, kudos to you. My oh. hat's off, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I think it's been a great show today. Hey, it has. Um, before we take off, uh, real quickly, you want to catch up with where we're going to be October. Well, really, the next few months, we are going to be all over the freaking place. In fact, um, we're going to be in more places than we even realized. So <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be awesome. We're hitting the ground running. Um, we've got the uh, TCCA conference uh, that is in Houston, Texas, and um, that is going to be um, in. October sixth and seventh. Sixth and seventh. Well, seventh is that Saturday. Right, we're there. that Saturday is when it actually is. Uh, and then we've got the Arkansas Conference of Technology, uh, and um, that That's is the next weekend. The next, yes. <laughs> uh, what? No, is that the next? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so there's that. We also are going to be, um, and the Arkansas Conference of Technology that is in North Little Rock, right? Um, and that is the oh. 18th through the 20th. That's correct. Of October. And then uh, fast forward to the end of October, and we are going to be at the Schools Without Walls Conference in beautiful downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas. Uh, and that is the 28th through the 30th. Uh, again, that is in Hot Springs. 29th through the 30th, excuse me. Um, I think there is something going on the 28th. I, I, I can't think remember. We're somewhere there, too. Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> so something going on. Um, so we're going to have that. And then fast forward, we've got... Um, at the end of November into December, we've got the AESA conference, which is in San Antonio. We'll be doing live conference coverage from there. And then in Orlando in January for the FETSI conference, we're going to be running around. We should be a lot smaller when we come back. <laughs> well, we should be a lot smaller. <laughs> we won't. We like to eat. But uh, anyhow, you can. Uh, we, we, we've got that. Uh, we'll have all of that posted uh, online on our website, edutechguys.com. And uh, you can uh, check it out. So if you can't be there in person, you can listen to it online. And if you can be there on person, stop by the table and say hi, sit down, share your story. We'd love to talk to you. Hey, it's been a great show. It has. Uh, I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on this site is programmed for those who participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. This is Ross Romano from The Authority here on the B Podcast Network. It's the show where I interview people who know what they're talking about, and no matter your role, we have some recent episodes you won't want to miss. I spoke with Mark Miller, international best-selling author and VP of High Performance Leadership at Chick-fil-A, about his brand new book, Culture Rules. Kate Everly Walker, CEO of Presence and author of The Good Boss, joined the show. And we've had conversations with Baruti Cafele, Peter DeWitt, Julie Evans, and many more. Join us each week for ideas to address your current pain points, new perspectives from authors you admire, and fresh takes from up-and-coming voices. Subscribe to The Authority Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.